0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of A New Perspective. Wherever you are, however you may be listening, so happy to have you start your week or find some time in your week to uh, listen to the perspective of just another, just another guy, just another jag. Uh, feeling pretty good this week, you no know? Didn't lose anybody. Didn't have any crazy situation. So uh, no guest this week. Just just a little while of me and you spending time together. Now. I don't know exactly how this is going to flow. I don't have my normal piece of KFC chicken. I haven't had that. I went to go to KFC and uh, yeah, they were too busy for my liking. So we're going to do this on just an empty stomach and see how this flows. So this week has felt like a long week. It's felt as if uh, it has not stopped and I'm consumed, all right? I'm consumed and I am concerned by the COVID show that is being put on uh, from the White House. Let me tell you, the White House is the people's house. And it it isn't ultimately about party and it isn't about um, partisanship. It should always be about an ultimate representation of the people. Um, and so, I am angry. I'm oh, not angry. It's not. It's serious, but not serious enough for me to really be angry. I am caught off guard when our White House um, puts out propaganda that looks as if we're from North Korea. If you have never watched um, the Kim Johns um, operate over the, I'm 30, so over my past 30 years of life, the things they do, the way they present themselves. Um, even like when when they're sick, they will put on old videos of themselves being well to make everybody think they're well, or um, to fly in even though you're sick. It's just all of the all of that is very um, dictatorish, um, and it's put on as strongs. But most dictators are ultimately strong personalities, so. What we've seen this week from the White House has just blown my mind. I am skeptical of a 74-year-old anybody beating this virus in three days. I know people who are even with asymptomatic didn't get a positive test, who are in great or didn't get a negative test even in great health in three days. We're seeing NFL athletes whose body are literally trained to endure whatever not be able to survive it this fast now i do believe that the president has access to drugs and treatment like another but you you can't convince me that it has necessarily been cured so i feel like the president had an opportunity to come out and say hey you know what i I've, I've, I've caught this thing Milani and i we're going to get through this thing and really reimage himself in an election where the poll numbers are not good now i know what the poll said in 2016 so i do i believe the hype no i don't believe the hype i don't believe the double digit uh, um build if i get one more text message asking me to vote in a poll i'm going to start voting the wrong way on purpose and i know people who when they give these polls say they support the candidate that they don't just so that they're misleading i've had conversations with those folks um so don't get caught in the polls. We know that the president is a consumer of a lot of media and so that's why we're back in the White House. Um that's why we refuse to accept some of the science. Do I wear a mask all the time? No, I don't. Um are there certain set- certain settings that I'm going to wear a mask? Yes, when I took my grandmother to the hospital to the doctor a few days ago, I wore a mask. When I'm at work, I'm going to wear a mask. Um when I'm around people who are not who are who are putting themselves in an environment are doing tasks that are for their survival, grocery shopping, even if they're out casually shopping for whatever. Am I going to wear a mask? Yes. If I'm around my friends who are all making a choice not to have on a mask, am I wearing one? No. And they'll tell you, it depends. really depends on my mood or how much hand sanitizer is in my pocket or if I'm still shaking hands. So, it's about, to me, the choice to say it, it's about people's choices so what I think the president did by going to the White House by refusing to work in the set up, the office that they set up for him, by wanting to go to the Oval, by putting those people who work in the White House and that's the, the cleaning staff and the culinary staff and, and the maintenance staff at risk is reckless. It's not the same as the flu. I hate that argument. I hate the argument of the flu. But then there's choices as a leader that that make people um, process what they do differently. And so I've just been I've been disturbed by not angry, disturbed by the way we just overrule science. Why teach it? Why understand it? Why if if one of them, if I get sick, I have to miss work for 10 to 14 days. Everybody that I know who has tested positive for this virus, some of them, because depending on where they work, may have gotten a check. Some people didn't. Why is it okay for the commander, the leader of the free world, to just say, hey, you know what? I'm cured. Doesn't matter if I'm cured or not. I'm not going to tell you when I tested or not tested. I did go to a debate hall with people, and my wife is positive, and most of the people in my cabinet now are positive, And we went to the debate and didn't wear a mask. That's an F U, you, right? So if you, you've got corona and you don't know, that's different. It's it's with anything. It's like having sex with, with an STD. If you have sex and you don't know you have an STD, all right, uh, you probably should get tested regularly. If you have sex and you know you have an STD and on purpose you sleep with people and don't tell them, it's against the law. So showing up to the debate hall, um, having fundraisers, and now we're, we're holding from the People's House a political rally the r n c was already a push, but it's literally a political rally on the lawn of the White House while the president talks from the balcony looks like <laughs> it's kind of like uh a uh, scar talking to the hyenas, and I'm not calling anybody that don't take that um analogy too far um but it just, it's just with the imaging I got from Be Prepared. And then there's the conversation about the cure. So the president has had uh, access to drugs and treatment, a whole team of doctors. This is not the normal care that people who are in um, certain cities or overcrowded hospitals. It's not the same luxury, right? Um, even dealing with dropping oxygen and all these things. It's just not the same care the average American gets. You president, you're not an average American. I'm not going to knock that part. But to walk out the door because you had such great treatment and say, Oh, it's not that bad makes me breathe deep. So when we're looking for a cure and talking about a cure, I don't I don't trust it coming out this fast. I don't <laughs> the closer we get to the elections, the more we're promised to a cure. Am I going to get the shot? Eh, probably eventually. Right? But to rush it for political purposes to me is dangerous and is egregious and is all are, are all the adjectives that we add to words. It's a dereliction of duty just to be perfectly honest in my opinion. And we're playing politics right now with people's mindsets. Let's talk about that, that second stimulus check. So other countries have given their people money continuously every week. They've suspended mortgages. They've, they've done stuff with rent. They've done a, Other countries have done a lot for the financial gain of their country. Other countries don't have the debt America has. I, I'll admit that. But America, on both sides of the aisle, um, because they leverage the dreamers, and they leverage funding for the wall, and they leverage all this stuff, um, and, the, and the billionaires and the millionaires got huge tech breaks, and we keep finding out about celebrities who um, got money that they really didn't need or f- people who have frauded the CARES Act. We keep hearing about all these things, but the average American got $1,200 one time. Or my lights going to get turned off? Or why I not going to eat without that $1,200? No. Did it help? Yeah. I invested it. Give me another $1,200. I'm going to go buy some more stock in DraftKings and Apple. But for us to purposely sit on a stimulus check to after an election, or you got to vote for me if you want more money, or you got to vote the way I want you to vote um, if you want the next person to give you more money, just stop playing with us. Not not Republican, not Democrat, not male, not female, but stop playing with us, the people that just want to live comfortable enough that their children have something that they can leave to their children, that, that people can invest into the lives and legacy of what their, what their surname means. And I think the more we put a magnifying on the nastiness of some of these politics, that people are just getting to the point had a conversation with someone today that I believe America's center right. That that most of us have a conservative belief, but we believe that hey, people should have a choice. I, I, I just think that, and the more you play. With, with those people who are sitting, not the far left and not the far right, but the people at the center, the people that make the country go, not just the middle class, because I know some middle class folks, but if you really looked at what the salary is or the average income is in America to be considered middle class, more people are near the poverty line than they are to middle class. Right? But those people who are trying to survive and navigate those waters, it's unfair. The uncertainty, it's unfair. And and we we have to, at some point, as a people, look and say, "Whoa, what is this that we're doing? Maybe I'm off base on that one. I just, maybe I'm off base with a lot of them. I just don't get why politicians continuously are okay with playing in the middle. And I get that you have to be for the people and, and I get all those things but i never forget um, Ninth grade world history teacher told me she's like oh Newton you, you've got a lot of potential and you know people look up to you and da 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 but she said never ever get the big hit to the point where you are a man for the people and not a man of the people I didn't get that to the odor I got because you can say that you're for the people and the people are starving while you go eat at the biggest table with the best bread but leaders of the people realize what the people's struggles are, and that's not saying you give everything you've got to make everybody else perfect or pleasing. But you don't sit and look at somebody who's starving, and tell them they can eat too, and don't tell them how, or give them the tools to eat. Yeah, okay, let's get away from that. This this isn't a political podcast. Uh, some days it is. Let's talk about the uh, governor that was almost kidnapped. What in the hell is going on with people? An organization made up of 200 people, 13 people um, indicted and arrested uh, for (laughs) conspiracy to kidnap a governor, a democratic governor. And so the the line became, the touted line became the average income and they put a picture of the main ringleaders' houses and this is where you get into the racial conversations because black people live in harsh conditions all the time and the conversation is pull yourself up from the bootstrap. But now the narrative changes to oh these were underprivileged white men who were were trying to equal out No it's not. Rip that away. The average income for a white American in America is like seventy one thousand dollars. The average income for a black American is is seventeen. Think about that number. And that calculates when people throw in welfare and all that, all that's in there. So if the expectation is to pull people up from the bootstrap and still be model citizens, then that needs to be the expectation. If the expectation is where you come from allows you to do stupid stuff, like say you're going to kidnap a sitting governor. And then the dumb ASS sheriff with the comment of, oh, I don't think they were trying to kidnap her. They were just trying to make a citizen's arrest. This damn ISIS Jr., all of these, all these little radical groups that, that pop up, especially the race-driven ones. I was listening to an interview from one of the former FBI directors, and they were saying that there was an uptick of white supremacists and white groups, um, white nationalist groups, after the election of President Obama. And they were really afraid, because he was the nation's first African-American president, of what that reaction would be. But it came out that after President Trump, data supports this that after President Trump was elected, that white supremacist groups uh, formed and came out of nowhere, I think it's like 300% more than after electing the first black president, which to me in my simple mind means that people show when they feel like they're enabled, not when they feel like it's adverse. People show who they are when it's enabled, not when it's adverse. That the, the best coaches, they don't find a way to, to, to force you to do a thing or press you to do a thing. They'll put you in great situations, but they're going to put you in situations where they can trust. They're going to put their player in a position to trust the things that they've been coached to do. That's the difference in a great coach and a great coach team because there are some great coaches there are some good leaders by themselves that don't elevate a team because they never, ever make the people that's around them, the people that's under their leadership or whatever analogy you want to use. They don't and make them feel enabled to do certain things. They just make them feel adverse to doing certain things. So at some point, we have to turn our eyes to what's being enabled this is this is why the race conversation keeps coming What's has lindsey graham when you say i don't care if you're an immigrant or if you're black in south carolina you can go and do whatever you want to as long as you're conservative what lindsey graham never talked like that his entire political career into these last three and a half years because now that's what's in is, is enabled and we've got to get back to enabling people to be free thinkers but to still respect each other and not enable them to to treat people as less than. Vice presidential debate was this week. (laughs) And, uh, listen, I really wish, especially black men, would stop bashing Kamala Harris. Um, I've said it on this podcast, I've said it in person, I've tweeted it, that it is a prosecutor's job to prosecute. As the Governor, as, the, as, the, as an attorney in California, it was her job every day. She was paid every day not to give her breaks and not to be compassionate, not to be just not what she was paid to do. I don't think cops are, to an extent shouldn't be doing that. Use your job to hold, uphold the law. As a prosecutor, she prosecuted. As a legislator, she legislated. Stop talking about her prosecutorial record. And look at her as a legislator. We're not electing her to be the vice president um, because she's going to prosecute people. We're going to elect her as the vice president because of the way she legislates. Right? Um, but the debate, it was it was nice to see a debate between two political um, people. Some, some people were thrilled by Vice President Pence's performance. Um, yeah. I might show my hand if if you don't know which way I support. But the pivot, both candidates did a phenomenal job of the pivot. Now, (laughs) here's the problem with the pivot. If you pivot just too much, you end up just going in a circle, and that happened a lot. We weren't able, as the American people, to get necessarily the information we needed because there was a consistent pivot that wasn't exactly necessary, so I just I I, en, I enjoyed the pivot, um, even if it was a little bit too much of a circular going around in motion. Nothing they really said was like, oh, if I if I was an undecided voter, nothing they said would have swayed me. I do think it's troubling that neither of them could answer the, ke- the question of if because uh, the president is 74, the former vice president is 77. And either way, no matter who's elected, they'll be a, the, the oldest president in American history, which I think is a conversation we gotta have because um, most people are retired at that age. And um, yeah. I, yeah. So so neither one of them will answer if they've had the conversation, if the person that was elected was died, how how that would go. But overall, the most entertaining part of the debate was definitely the fly. Um, I, I don't think, just raking over the the dilemma the Trump administration to me has with people who are not in love with the polarization of this election cycle. The the dilemma they have is the fact that they've been in office for years. And so and in four years, the only thing, the only talking point they have is the tax cut um, and criminal justice reform that they really don't champion enough now um we're, we're a year or two removed from what they've done or the legislation they put in place and eh, I, I might back off on how i feel about that and seeing seen it as a positive but uh, they haven't shown the ability to reach across the aisle and get a deal done with anything um they haven't shown the ability to reform health care uh and most conservatives are leaning on the fact that they are voting on Supreme Court justices and are concerned with the packing of the court. It, the, my, my overall issue with packing of the court though is that Republicans did it in 2016 by not at least hearing the confirmation hearing of Merrick Garland. They packed the court. And so um, and I'm interested to see how people like Mitch McConnell who is starting to lose in the polls uh, react to what their legacy will be now if if they lose and if they lose this election overwhelmingly how they attach their votes because behind closed doors Mitch McConnell has told people to separate themselves from the president but publicly they they continue to to push certain agendas they're all in heated elections and the president wants them to go ahead and force through and and confirm his nominee which I'm just interested because the president was very right in the debate last week when he says, you know, I'm elected for four years, not three and a half. Which is correct. But some states, the way they start their Senate terms may affect the vote. And so we're 20-something days from the election. Mitch McConnell, oh, bitch Mitch. And I'm going to call him disrespectfully. I apologize. But it's, it's like that because we sent average Americans back to work because they had to work, but suspended the senate and the senate meeting (laughs) because of a few corona cases either you're scared or you're not scared and um nevertheless i'm interested to see if he pushes it through in 20 days knowing that he has his own election that he's getting heat from people like lindsey graham have their own election that they're getting heat from um senator collins got her own election that she's getting heat from and are they going to do you pull as from a political strategy do you pull the pressure um do you pull these people out of these high profile campaigns where they need to be in the street to force through a nominee what what's going to be more important keeping the power or potentially losing the power to fill the seat on the court so i'm interested to see how that goes You know, there have been a few rebrandings of people showing how knowledgeable there are that really stand out for me. Um, Kobe. Love Kobe. But the way Kobe rebranded himself, um, rebranded himself after the sexual allegations was huge. Most people don't even factor that in as part of his legacy. In fact, when he died, there was a lot of pushback uh, from people even bringing it up. Uh, George W. Bush. George W. Bush was very disliked. Uh, According to polls and numbers, he's my favorite president. One day, if you don't know that notion of why George W. Bush is my favorite president, I'll I'll tell you. Um, But the way he rebranded himself after he came out of the White House was big. And then there's Plies. Uh, (laughs) Now, Plies (laughs) Plies is part of the reason I ain't... uh, (laughs) Plies has made some really good music that at one point I thought I was living the same life as Bly's being in the streets or being with the women it didn't matter there's a Bly's song for every situation and uh, but if you ever step back and look at his takes that's somebody that's eventually and I think we're watching his metamorphosis to him understanding his influence and some of the questions he asked got to polish and change the way he asked some of it but I just his rebranding has stood out to me Somebody else who's going to have to rebrand, though, is uh, one LeBron James. Let me tell you, I am not a LeBron James fan. Uh, Over the years, I've come to acknowledge that he is physically gifted beyond anything I ever wanted to give him credit for, that he is an outstanding basketball player. He is in my top five basketball players of all time. Um, Just for me. In my life, is one time I said, oh, Kobe was the greatest in my lifetime. And my dad said, you can't say that because you were born when Michael Jordan was playing. So, for for me, top five, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, um, Michael Jeffrey Jordan, Kobe Bean Bryant. And then maybe you can put LeBron James there for me. Uh, I'm not saying that's rag- accurate or that's right, but that's just the way I see it. And if LeBron... Because they lost, they play tonight. I'm recording on Sunday, they play tonight. He needs to close out this series. But if he lets this go to a game seven in a COVID year when the NBA has been playing for a freaking calendar year, I'm so tired of the NBA. It's too, been too long. But in the year Kobe died, they wouldn't put on them black mamba jerseys to take an L. I've already determined that when they win the championship, because they better win, uh, I'm going to be like, oh, AD, thank you for restoring our franchise to greatness and when they lose i'm blaming lebron i don't care if he drops 63 okay if he drops 63 i might not blame him but i just uh he's got me he's got me got me a little nervous there in the heat they they got some dog in them and pat riley is always gonna have dog mentality and we've seen it. the bad boy pistons the bad boy bad boy pistons 2.0 beat my lakers some years ago and every now and again you see a team that that isn't supposed to be a team that is supposed to because ultimately selfless selfless less i hope i said that right teamwork beats out individualism every day of the week and so we'll see we'll ooh, ooh! don't do that to me lakers please don't make me have to talk bad about you like i'm about to talk bad um about my boy tom brady i'm a tom brady fan we've talked about this as being a tom brady fan um versus patriots fan want the patriots to win don't want Tom to do bad and maybe i'm not mad at tom but i'm mad at the media when lebron walked off the court the other night it was he's unprofessional he's childish he's a baby he's a blah blah blah. tom brady did the same thing thursday night (laughs) with 13 seconds left on the clock can we talk about narratives one's a competitor and one's a one is considered a, a just being a great competitor and the other one is considered being a childish ass baby by some blows my mind now let's let here. i said i was never gonna talk about fsu again on this podcast but it looked kind of decent uh for like a quarter and a half um i tell you this i am on the fire at the fire adam fuller train uh Never in my life have I seen a Florida State defense just look so damn putrid, Um, and the offense was kind of ticking. I don't know. Mike Novell still got he's still on the same game clock. I am not with this. Oh, we see progression, blur game. I want wins, dang it! I want wins. Anthony Newton wants wins. We said that's what we wanted. We want wins. The standard at Florida State is supposed to be wins. Okay, whatever irrational it is, and how whatever it is. I'll take those criticisms. I'm a man. I can take my lashings. But uh, the offense looked decent. We'll see what they're gonna get on people. Blah 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 blah. I love Coach Accent, Coach Atkins. The O line gets a little bit better. Linebacker play is not very good. D line, Hill Odell can go with him. He can park his, pack his bags with Adam Fuller, because when you've got all that talent on the D line and they can't even fire <laughs> off. When big Marv, big Marv wasted money. He's throwing money away. He's getting spinned around in circles on plays. Now he faced big caliber offensive line last night. But if you're supposed to be considered top three defensive tackles in this in this draft cycle, and you can't can get one win, now big Marv every every play that they were behind him hustled his up to the the, the runner. But I was just just I, I just want I just want. Florida State to be good again so I can enjoy my Saturdays. I'm begging Florida State. I, w- I watched Tennessee play for three quarters and I was like, look at that defense. I watched Georgia play. Look at that defense. Look at this aggressiveness. And I miss being able to say that about Florida State. I just I just remember what it was like to have linebackers that fill gaps and get downhill and, and, and would hit somebody and just I, I miss that. I miss the swagger of not trash talk but people who actually did something. I was telling them on the high school kids here locally. I was like, look, man, um, you're a big-time player. I know you're a big-time player, but just do me a favor. Humble yourself before life humbles you. It's like, coach, what you mean? I said, just humble yourself. Because you're cocky, and it's okay to think you, you got the biggest one swinging in the room and on the field, and it's okay to realize you're the man and came to But if you humble yourself publicly before these things happen to you, you don't have to worry about when life tries to humble you out loud because life will never humble you out loud if you humble yourself internally first. And uh, I just for some reason God has given FSU this big piece of humble pie because I guess we didn't humble ourselves internally first. But And all of that and that sadness, Miami lost. So happy that the U.S. back to being a big disappointment to their fan base. So happy they thought. They they don't play that buzzsaw that has been Clemson the past few years routinely. Happy they lost. Happy about the fighting Jimbo's. Um, Happy about the fighting Jimbo's. I I am not that classy person that wants Florida to, to be great. I want them to be competitive. I want them to be, if they were playing Florida State, I'd love for them to be undefeated walking into the Florida State game and then Florida State beat them. Like I like that type of success. But, man, whew, the, the Gator fans that insisted that UF were going undefeated and UF was going to get to Atlanta and that UF was going to lose to Alabama or people that said it was a, a a make-or-break year for Dan Mullen. I like Dan Mullen as a coach. I didn't say that to begin with. He might be dopey, but the man can draw up some football plays. Um, And so I just thank you, Fighting Jimbo's, okay? If if I was a betting man, you're definitely going to give me UGA over Florida. Defense is putrid. When, when did we ever get to the point where we would be having conversations about Florida State and Florida on Defense being bad. Never, never, ever thought. I can't ever remember a time when both teams, that one team is very good on offense and the other team just has 11 players running around out there. But did anybody out there ever think we get to the point where we'd be watching Florida State and Florida and be like, where the hell is the defense? Yeah, I don't know. But give me Georgia to beat them and then give me your Rocky top at the end of the year. I can't wait to change my profile picture to that picture of me in my Knoxville gear, my Tennessee gear. When I was, she's a little beauty, baby. But friends, that's all I've got for you. Um, Next week we got a big special guest on. I think uh, a lot of people have been waiting on this one. We will both be in studio. I don't know how long that one will run, but it's planned on having old Christopher Martin Martinez. Social Security number is three three five seven one two six three two. And uh, he'll be here for um, an episode of Perspective that I don't think will be uh, forgotten anytime soon. So, friends, until we uh, talk again, speak again, I love you. And there's nothing you can do about it. Peace.